Very good morning and uh, happy Sabbath to all those who are in person here and uh, to all those who are, wherever you are in, in the world, happy Sabbath. Today, um, focusing on Christmas as Christmas is coming, but uh, quite an interesting Christmas, wouldn't you say? And entitled it Christmas 2020, what on earth is happening? What on earth is happening right now? And if we were to just list down, it's, it looks like all doom and gloom. I can go through the whole list. I mean, it's so familiar territory with us. Pandemic, lockdown, recession, unemployment, polarization, racial tension, climate changes, mental health issues. So many. What is just happening this year? And I'm not sure, maybe, I'm going to list down some things that personally I have seen and uh, had to handle with in the course of my work, in the course of my um, interactions with people. And, um, you know, it, it seems um, it's a lot of anxiety. It's a lot of anxiety because we don't know what's next. And some of you could be caught in that. We're not sure about tomorrow. We're not sure about whether the job will be there for us. We're not sure whether we will be affected ourselves. So much anxiety. And the next grief. There seems to be so much grief at this time. I have friends um, in the States who some of them lost their loved ones and never had the opportunity to say goodbye to them because they were not allowed in. And until today, they are still waiting, you know, perhaps to visit the grave. And they cannot. So much unresolved grief that's accumulating. So here's the backdrop. Christmas is soon upon us with the backdrop of all this anxiety and grief. What on earth is happening? It seems easy to lead to depression. In the course of my interactions and work and uh, this time thus far, personally I had to deal with at least three of my friends and acquaintances who had contemplated suicide. And I journeyed with them, walked through with them. One of them was at the point of his, you know, wit's end during the circuit breaker lockdown months. And he messaged me and he told me he couldn't take it anymore. He was so, you know, filled with just that feeling of being trapped with no hope. 
But I was glad that I could help him together with other friends to at least journey with him. And today, he seems all right. He has pulled through. And it, it seems I had two other friends and I had to work with them. Suddenly feeling the whole impact and it's just so bleak for them. 2020, you know, somebody mentioned that 2020, in 2020, we have five years. It feels like five years have passed by, you know, with all that hopelessness. So this is where I want to tie in hopelessness with the hope of Christmas in this time. Are we filled with an optimism that may help us through? What does the Bible say? But before I get there, you know, there's something interesting because we have seen certain things happening on earth. It seems there is an outpouring of kindness. I'm not sure whether you have seen that, but here in Singapore is quoted, it has been established, right? About 8 in 10 Singaporeans perform spontaneous acts of kindness. Can you imagine? Where did that come from? And we can be gracious. We suddenly remember those who are less fortunate than us, and maybe we have acted on it. And personally, uh, some of you know that I run a charity reaching out to youths and families at risk. There was a total outpouring. I remember when the circuit breaker was first announced, the lockdown was announced in April. Uh, we typically deal with about a thousand families. All of a sudden, it was brought to our knowledge there were about 60 families, six zero families, who do not know when the next meal will be. Zero income. And guess what? We mobilized. We couldn't get on the streets till we got clearance by the government, but we had received donations of uh, food supplies, of meals, and from Central kitchens they were offering, and some even took the trouble to got themselves to get themselves certified to serve halal food, because the majority of our families we deal with were, were Muslim families, and and they did all of that in the midst of lockdown. Where did that come from? Isn't that amazing? I felt it's just the imprint of God in every person to do good. For example, we had people who reached out to strangers who were homeless and even this um, taxi driver, he went out of his way, right? This is just, it seems random act of kindness. But could it be also then that the Spirit of God has hovered in all of our hearts, right? So, so compare this hopelessness with the outpouring, the outpouring of graciousness and kindness, right? 
And here, here's another story. I, I thought it was so interesting. This is the story of, uh, you know, and, and during this uh, pandemic, it has uh, really spawned out a whole bunch of people, very important in our lives, because why? These are the last mile delivery people, the people who will deliver food, who deliver all the things that some people may need to order online. And so a kind customer just ordered bubble tea for it to be sent, but with a special note. And that note was, you know, dear delivery person, thank you so much. These drinks are actually for you. You don't need to deliver anywhere, but for you and your friends. And, and so this out, outpouring of spontaneity in graciousness, in helping, where does this come from? Where does this come from? If we were to say you don't have to look very far, yes, the world is facing such a bleak time, but you don't have to look very far to be able to see, wow, imprints of God's graciousness and kindness. Now that's it. That's it, however. There are some who may not share that. And you, you may have come across this person. Um, they, they go around, okay, she, she belongs to a group who believe they are sovereigns. And, you know, when we first encountered this uh, term, we'd be like, what, what's a sovereign? We know sovereign Lord. We know Lord is sovereign. Our Lord, right? God is sovereign. But apparently there are groups of people who go around who feel the sovereignty they don't need. And you might have encountered some of them. In these days of uh, asking people to, you know, just follow the rules, wear a mask, it's not happening for some of them, right? And uh, you, you probably have, okay, I'm, I'm, I must apologize if your name is Karen. I'm really sorry because the name has been spoiled by a certain Karen who went about to push for her sense of entitlement, right? And so now Karen is now um, a term to describe someone who is of privilege, who is racist, who is a bully, and basically treat other people very badly, right? And you might have come across all this, so what's happening? Women who refuse to wear a mask on a flight, and she got kicked out, and there's this other lady, and my goodness, when I was watching the video, I said, as she was, um, you know, hauled out because she refused to wear a mask on the flight, and even though she had agreed to the terms, and she was screaming at the top of her voice and saying that everybody dies, so what, right? As she was uh, walking out of the plane, she started coughing at everybody. Can you imagine that? What's with these people? It looks like there are rules. There are people who tend to take upon themselves their own sovereignty and will not listen. Now you think about this. Will they ever be happy in heaven? Will they ever be happy with God's laws and rules to help us? So in the spirit of Christmas, 
let's look at the key or some key Bible passages that we can journey with. And I hope that it resonates with you and it gives you hope and optimism. And lest you forget, lest you forget, the key word in Christmas is Christ. It's Christ, right? And so, here's a very, very um, significant key verse when we talk about Christmas. The meaning as to why. Not the commercial one. Not the commercial that you see typically maybe in Singapore down Orchard Road or any commercial street in any capital of the world. Not that. But this. The reason for Christmas. And she will bring forth a son and you shall call him, call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. The name of Jesus associated with salvation. And so all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated, God with us. Now just hold on there, because in these few verses, two references to names, two names are mentioned, the name of Jesus and the name of Emmanuel. The name of Jesus, salvation. Emmanuel, God with us. So now I'm going to take this passage and move to another passage, which is our scripture reading for today. And this, put them together. Galatians chapter 4. When the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. So, this is a parallel explanation of Christmas as to when and why. Right? So, we put these two passages together and we get some points. And I, I thought it important to run through these points because it does bring forth the spirit of Christmas. So these are the few things that I want to be just talking about briefly. Emmanuel, God with us, fullness of time, salvation, redemption, adoption. Okay? So let's look at the first one. Emmanuel means God with us. Now think about it for a while. Many people might have told you, depending on how they view God, they may think God is, oh, God is distant, is far away. And uh, some people believe that God created the world and left it to his own devices. Others, more pessimistic, say, hmm, God is pessimistic. He has left us to die. 
Now, if you come from whichever persuasion, it may seem that this year is that year that, oh my, what's happening? It's terrible. But think about it in the words of how it was proclaimed in prophecy and recorded in the gospel. Emmanuel, God is with us. He has not forsaken us. He has not left us. But how did He come to be with us back then, Christmas night? Did He come as a warrior? Did He come as a conquering king? Did He come with all His full glory? He didn't. He came as a baby, born under the law, yet fully human, vulnerable, fully dependent on parents, yet submissive fully to the law of God. And that is the God who has come, that He may then go through and take upon Him our sin. Christmas. Think about it. Emmanuel, God with us. And we know the full Christmas story tells about how King Herod was enraged that there was another so-called king in his mind. He couldn't take it. And he went on to try and destroy that. And there was great weeping because mothers of newborn babies lost their children, innocent babes, to execution by a tyrant king. For we believe under the control of the enemy. In that midst of terribleness, Emmanuel, God with us, did not take away suffering then, but went through suffering with us. So just imagine this. This year could be a very bad year. Remember, God with us. Didn't take away the suffering, but not yet. It's coming. It's coming. Christmas, first coming. There is to be a second coming. He's coming. God with us. But when will He come? Galatians captures that thought. In the fullness of time. What is the fullness of time? Time according to God. Sovereign God, not our time. Our time means now. We want it now, God. Solve the problem. Bring us, you know, to better days now. But God says, in the fullness of time, God makes everything beautiful in His time. He knows the end from the beginning, not us. And so, God with us is telling us to trust Him. 
and he says, in the fullness of time, when the time, they all aligned, the very fact that back then, back then, before Christ was born, the prophets were already prophesying the coming of the Messiah. The people were waiting and waiting, and they wanted Messiah to come in the way that pleased them. But God came in the form of a baby. And yet, in the fullness of time, it is sometimes very difficult for us to understand it. But God says, in the fullness of time, His time, He makes everything beautiful. But for now, we wait. We wait with hope. We wait with anticipation, with optimism. We wait. It's linked with salvation. Christmas is salvation. In fact, now, more than ever, even as we looked at the impact of the pandemic, how we have practiced our worship differently, and yet it has gone through the airwaves, the time zones, people listening in, people drawn to this, the name of Jesus, drawn to salvation, where previously we couldn't. So think about it. Christmas 2020, time of salvation. For some who have yet to hear, but now they are hearing. Maybe for the first time, or maybe for many times, but because they have rejected, they have not accepted yet, now is the best time. Salvation. The name of Jesus, for He will save His people from their sins. Salvation. Now, and not only salvation, but redemption. The redemption is waiting we know that this world is not our home. It's not our home. We are awaiting one. We are awaiting our redemption. And that's why I believe Christmas always points to the second coming. The first coming has been completed. And it's because of that, we then have that faith and hope to look forward to the second. And so Christmas 2020, what on earth is happening? We are awaiting our redemption. And it just shows that the world is really, really crying out for redemption. And not only redemption, we move into the adoption because we are sons and daughters of the Almighty God. That's who we are. And if this year, in this pandemic, where we feel displaced, we feel discouraged, and we don't know where we go, just know for the fact that in the process of our salvation, our redemption, we have been adopted as sons and daughters of the Most High God. And technically, 
We don't belong on this earth. We don't. So your yearnings should not be about this earth. If anything, the pandemic has brought forth is the fact that you cannot rely. You just cannot rely on the systems the human has put forth. God is sovereign. God is sovereign. And yet at the same time, I know as we await the second coming, it may have been too tough. We may have, we may have given up hope. You know, and I like to just cling on to this powerful verse in Proverbs. It says this, and how true. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. Have you lost hope this year? If you have and if you are wondering, why, why it's taking so long? If you are going through grief this year, I want to share this thought with you and that your suffering, your pain will soon end and must end. From what we know, from what we learn and from what we believe in scripture and prophecy, the second coming is due. And every day that passes brings us closer to that culmination. Wouldn't you think so? And so this is just but a passage. What we are going through now is just but a passage. And Christmas then becomes a reminder. It's a reminder that our hope may be deferred, but it can be renewed with a desire, the longing. If anything, as I said earlier, the pandemic shows if you are longing for those days to go back and they say, like, go back to normal, don't. Look forward instead to the coming normal that is promised by God Himself. We have received salvation. We have received redemption because we are adopted sons and daughters of the Most High God and we don't belong on this earth. What is your desire? And I ask at this time just to reflect as I show the next slide because you might see certain things here as the worship team prepares us in closing song of response. But look at that. Christmas 2020. What on earth is happening? Think about it. And Jesus, the desire of ages. Christ Jesus, the desire of ages. So, if at the back of your mind, you are thinking, my, Christmas 2020, what on earth is happening? Reframe that. 
Christ on earth, God with us, Emmanuel. And so I would like to um, wish you all a very blessed Christmas season as you go forth, as you share, share the hope, share the hope and the assurance that the first coming of Christ had pointed us in the fulfillment of God's word, then it brings us to the second coming. May your hope reside there. God bless you.